0: Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential.
2: Hi, Vanessa Udelman. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful day. How are you? Wonderful.
1: Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Uh, You betcha. Uh, We are going to have a fun topic today. Uh, from doer to leader, mastering the art of leadership. We spoke just briefly before we hit the go button that um, some people have not a clear picture. What exactly is leadership? You might be fabulous in a career you've chosen maybe you're top salesperson you moved up the ranks and and then now you're leading 20 salespeople and you might not have the tools to lead because it does take a different that you might be good at one thing doesn't necessarily translate into being a successful leader Um, so we're going to talk about that but before we go there I just love for you to share a little bit about your background with our audience before we go there.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely happy to do that. So my background is is actually in education. So I taught at-risk youth for many years And I had a couple too many binders thrown at my head. And then I had a chair thrown at my head. And I said, you know what? Maybe this is a sign that it's time for a career change. (laughs) So I moved into the area of training and development and corporate training and absolutely loved it. Um, And uh, I was in the corporate world for 15 years and I ran teams. Um, I ran, interestingly enough, I ran very high performing teams, but I also ran teams who struggled I had people report to me over the years who loved my leadership style, and again, I had people over the years who reported to me that didn't like my leadership style. Mm-hmm. And it was in fact those leaders that I learned the most from because typically they were wired very differently than me. Mm. So I had to learn from those individuals how to change or adjust my style to meet their needs. I couldn't operate on well, just do what what I what I would do. Yeah. No, 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 that doesn't work as a leader. Um, and then I've been running my business for eleven years. So that's been in a very quick nutshell, my trajectory.
2: That's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting about that. You said that, you know, there were some people that didn't like my style. And, and that's very important because I think sometimes we just like the positive feedback. No, no, I don't want to hear the negative feedback, but there's great lessons to be learned actually more in the negative feedback um, because not everyone takes in information the same and and they just do life differently. Yeah.
1: And I think the first step in in moving from a doer to a leader is understanding yourself and how you're wired and what makes you tick. So Mm I am someone who's very direct. I move very quickly. I like to take action. I like things simplified. Mm -hmm. And I know that with that are strengths and weaknesses. So for all of us, we have strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fine. It's just part of being human. And so know your strengths, know your weaknesses. So, I've had people in my team, as I mentioned before, I didn't like my leadership style because they were in the opposite. They were very structured, highly detail oriented, very analytical. Mm. What I've learned now over the years is that I must have people like that on my team mm. because they close my gaps. And where early in my career, it frustrated me now those people are my best allies uh, on my team
2: and And what's great is once you, say you're a business owner and you're hiring out talent to run your business. And, and maybe you're that overseeing big picture type of person. You need people who can get into the nitty gritty and see the details because you're going to miss them. Even though you think, yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. I got this, um, but they're going to catch things. You won't. And, and to another level um, you said, even um, one thing I got from an old boss. And they, he said, if you want to lead on this department one day, You're going to have to get personable because my my attitude when I went to work, it's like, I'm here to work. Let's get focused. And there's no fun, pretty time until there's like lunch or leaving, like nothing in between. So it's like on button, off button. Um, But he said, these are human beings who you need to interact with, not like machines, but like human beings. You know, get to know them, talk to them. And to me, that's inefficient. Let's get going here. Let's get chop, chop, chop. Uh, but, you know, so to your point, there'll be different people responding to different things. You have to be able to meet people where they're at.
1: I always I love that story you just shared. It, it's <laughs> I think so many of us can relate to that. When I speak <laughs> with leaders, I I'll put on a whiteboard a continuum and on mm-hmm. the left hand side is task and on the right hand side is relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: always say to people, OK, put an X on this line. Where are you right now? And where do you want to be? So people who are over far onto the left side, who are very task oriented. When you become a leader, you have to move closer to the middle. You have to become relationship oriented because mm-hmm. why it's part of your job. Yeah. How You have to have high trust in your team. How do you build trust? We well, have to teach, treat people with respect. You have to mm-hmm. listen to them. You have to communicate and collaborate with them. Also the people on the right-hand side of the continuum are very relationship oriented. They may need to move closer to the middle too. Yeah, Because they can't in the past, maybe you're in a sales role where 90% of your job was based on developing relationships. And that was perfect in that role. But as a leader, you also have to focus on um, setting strategy and following up with people and creating agendas and holding people accountable. And that would move you closer into the middle.
2: You know, th- that's interesting. I'd like to hit on both aspects because um, I've had leaders and also been in positions where maybe you're more relationship building and you're say in a position in a, in a career or whatever, in in a job, and you've been in a relationship with many of your associates and built great relationships, but now you're their manager. So how do you, how do you set the boundaries so that you can, they know you respect them, but that you have to say, okay, no more fraternizing. We have to kind of put this boundary up. And that doesn't mean I don't like you. Like, how have you seen that best work out?
1: That is honestly one of the hardest things that I hear from leaders all the time is these people used to be my friends and now I'm their boss and it's Mm -hmm. super challenging. And what happens more often than not is those people aren't their friends anymore because because of position, think about it this way, it's your positional power has changed. Mm -hmm. You move from equals to you're actually someone's boss right now you can actually fire this person. And so what, what happens when people get promoted is often their friends start stop inviting them to go for lunch and things like that. And so what you have to do is you can't take it personally, right? And you can still say, well, let, can we? I miss you. Let's mm-hmm. meet after work, right? Mm-hmm. Where maybe you're on neutral ground where the late mm-hmm. relationship is a little more neutral. But first of all, if that's happened to you, don't take it personally. It's pretty normal. I see it all the time. Second of all, um, you have to build high trust with those individuals. If you already had high trust with them, mm-hmm. you know, trust, if you think about it, every relationship has what I call a trust account, right? You put deposits in when you're respectful to someone, you put deposits into your trust account with them. When you're keep your commitments with them, you put a deposit into your trust account with them. If you already have a trust account with a lot of deposits in and you become somebody's boss, while the dynamic changes, if it's a high trust relationship, the transition will be easier. So that's what I always say to people is really focus on building trust.
2: Mm-hmm. Then
1: you can have healthy conflict with people. There will be conflict as you move into a new role.
2: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you have high trust relationships, you can healthy conflict means people are open to discussing and, and having conflict around ideas. Healthy conflict is interpersonal conflict. That's different. It's healthy conflict around ideas, and that you want you want people to push back and say, you know, you've made changes on our team, and quite frankly, I don't like them, and this is why. You want people mm-hmm. to say that, right? And so, invite invite healthy conflict. Say to people, I want you to push back when you when you share your new vision for the team, your new vision with the team, Say mm-hmm. to them, here's the vision. Let's all work together on deciding how we're going to execute it because the the mistake many leaders make is they, they think they have to have all the answers.
2: Mm. And I always say,
1: why you, you just, because you're a leader, you don't need to have the answers, especially as a new leader, but you do need to have the questions.
2: Yeah. That's a good differentiation. Um, I think when people move up, they're like, I must never, ever, ever doubt or show doubt. And and that's not true. And that's the reason you're not doing it all by yourself. Why you do have a crew and team members, so that you, they all have their own function, their own add to the whole, um, and to to get their feedback and their valued feedback, and see because they'll see things you won't see, especially if like say you're running a um, accounting department. There are different sects of accounting, and each of them will have their own challenges of how they need to get their stuff done, and you might not be in the, in the weeds of that. So to be able to rely on your team and and build the trust that you trust them and they can deliver positive feedback that can help you all run things better
1: yeah and also in terms of delegation I mean you have to trust your team in order Mm -hmm. to delegate to them and I hear a lot of leaders say well I'll just do it myself because it's easier Mm -hmm. and so I always say to people well how is that working for you Mm -mm. and let's look at what's on your to-do list right now how would you feel about holding on to all of that one year from now and people shake their heads and say oh no I can't if I'm still doing this a year from now that's going to be terrible Mm -hmm. so then the next question is well what do you need to let go of and then who's the right person to take that on right and you can't just throw it in their lap and Mm -hmm. say off you go you have to this is a very important part of moving from a doer to a leader is understanding the delegation process and that you know, when someone's new to a task, even if it's a senior person on your team, mm-hmm. you have to be very descriptive with them up front, give them a lot of detail. Again, you don't need to have the answers, but you you can have a question, which could be, okay, I want to delegate this to you. What do you, what do you think that delegation process could look like? Do you want to do a little bit? Do you want to take it all at once, try it and I give you feedback? Like, how do you want to approach this And mm-hmm. and, and create a delegation strategy with them?
2: Yeah, and also allowing them to be part of the plan while making the final decision allows them to feel like I'm not just having things thrown at me. I think of also a very important um, question or thing to focus on together is where are each of your members at as far as workflow and how much is on their plate? Because I've been in, um, called in to consult for businesses saying, "Hey, we're we just want you to make everything better." And when I there's one idea of what the C sweet things is going on with it and what needs to be fixed and then you speak to the individual um staff and they have a totally different view and a lot of them like say one or two will be like i feel like i'm doing 80 percent of the work of the entire office and everyone else is just like going to lunch chilling, whatever and and no one seems to respect and understand that so i think um, also going along with the mm, how do you call it the um um oh my gosh delegation that's the word i'm looking for a task to really get a feedback where does everyone stand workflow wise and uh if we're gonna add something how do we do that so it doesn't overload anyone
1: it's so interesting i was just listening to a wonderful podcast by michael lewis yesterday and he was talking about experts mm. um he has the first season is on coaches and, the, and uh, no, first season is on referees, second season is on coaches, and the third season of his podcast is on experts. It's excellent. Hmm. And what he was saying is, whenever a consultant comes into an organization and asks the top people, they never find the answers. So hmm. here's his theory of going seven levels down.
2: How many levels so-
1: down? The solution to every business issue is seven layers down in a business go CO, SVP, VP, director, manager right engineer Mm -hmm. you got to go right down into the trenches to solve business issues and I thought oh my gosh that is so true. true that's another problem the issue I see with leaders is they're not including the right people in their problem solving if you work for a large organization isn't that interesting seven levels down to solve problems
2: Wow. And and that is so impactful because I mean, I've been in a business once where there was some huge issues with their billing process. And a lot of a lot of their customers were like, we're ready to pull because they got us to sign on the dotted line and the actual deliveries are awesome. But they don't help us any after that. The billing is horrible and, and certain administrative issues are coming up. And I found the issue actually talking to the mailroom peeps who just happened to tell me, here's what's going on. La 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 from a process standpoint, because it was a breakdown of communications and such. And it's amazing that, you know, in a really huge organization, it can be break, broken down all the way at the bottom and you're not seeing where the hole is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. This podcast, by the way, is called Against the Rules. If anyone's interested, it's really good.
2: That, that, that's a fabulous idea. Now, let's say someone today had never really been in a leadership position and maybe they're working for a Mid-sized to enterprise-level company, and they're getting the wonderful treat of guess what? You're going to manage your own team, and they're like, <gasps> "What should I start to pay attention to with entering into this new arena of leadership?"
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what I can share with you is that your roles changed. It's okay to be nervous, <laughs> um, and you'll just just acknowledge that you're going to have to learn new skills right? I call it new level, new devil. You've moved into Mm -hmm. a new level. The new level requires new skills. I don't use the word imposter syndrome. It really bothers me because it makes people think they're an imposter and they have a syndrome. I'm like, what? You're not an imposter and you don't have a syndrome. (laughs) You're a fabulous person. You're super smart. You deserve the promotion. Now go close your gaps and learn new skills. That's it. it. Right. And the the definition of confidence that I love best is Mel Robbins. And she talks about confidence is just trying new stuff. So you're going to have to try new stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. What kind of new stuff do you ha- want to try or have to try as a leader? Well, I already talked about self-awareness. If you have to really understand your strengths, that's the pers- first pillar of leadership success. The second pillar of leadership success is managing your team. That's your job now. What does that entail? It entails giving um, coaching, knowing how to coach. There's formal and informal coaching. So formal coaching are things like sitting down and having one-on-ones. Make your one-on-ones short. I don't know what people tell me. They spend hours and hours on one-on-ones. Like, why would you do that? have a very clear agenda talk about uh, what are your goals this week um what do you what are you going to do to move your goals forward what help do you need from me and is there any other information i can share with you that that's it that's True. your coach agenda
2: yeah and i like what you just said there what do you need from me to make this happen because often i've seen far too often with leaders managers uh supervisors just all right hey do this all right we need it by friday not checking like where they're at, what do you need from me to help you get that deadline completed? Um is, is a really important question.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. So manage your team. So you have to be able to coach formally and informally. Informal coaching is just helping people when mm-hmm. they're stuck and asking them asking them what help they need day to day. Then there's uh, the second part is really learning how to develop your people. Again, that's your job
2: yeah you
1: coach them, you have to know how to develop them and, and included in that is giving feedback. You have to learn how to give constructive feedback. there's there's so many books on how to, for example, crucial conversations on mm-hmm. how to give feedback. read the book. Um, yeah. you know get yourself up to speed on how to do that. And then the third thing you need to do is you need to learn how to create a high performing team, mm-hmm. right? And so there's stages that every team goes through. You may have heard of them, forming, storming, norming, and Mm high-performing, right? When a team comes together, you're forming. You're going to go through storming, which means there's going to be a little bit of conflict. That's normal. Just manage the conflict, right? You can't Mm -hmm. avoid the conflict or it'll escalate. And then norming is when you kind of move through the conflict and people are coming, um, really uh, getting a greater sense of what their their roles and responsibilities are. And then you get to high-performing where you're gelling. Any team that you see that's high performing, the leader knows it's their job to manage their team. And they've gone step by step through those stages. Mm -hmm. And they've done it very in a very targeted, specific way.
2: You know, this is uh, great that we're going over this. Because one thing I'll get from a lot of um, companies I've gone into is I think there's some people who actually have gotten promoted. And, hey, we got you a little present. You're now a manager of XYZ team. Some people just don't want to be in charge of people. It's like, that's just not my jam or that's not something I, I desire to do. It's not, it doesn't make me excited to get up in the morning and uh, you should be honest with yourself and say, okay, that's not where I want to be. I, maybe I want to be top salesperson and bring in all your cash, but I don't necessarily want to lead the team, even though I'm top salesperson that doesn't translate into, I want to manage people.
1: Well, it's a different job. Yeah. So it is. Yourself, if you're this top salesperson, I love being in sales and I love working with clients. It's my sweet spot makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Do I want a different job of leading salespeople? It's a different job.
2: I did completely. So I realize
1: it's a different job. Do I want a different job or do I like my current job?
2: Yeah. And I think that's where the doing comes part is that people are so used to, I'm, I'm really a jam at, you know, at sales or whatever. And so they want to keep doing that. And if other sales people are having problems or oh, I just help Joe or Sally or whatever, but no, now your job is to manage your team and help them be their best, reach their fullest potential. And, uh, yeah. And there is a lot of books to do that. If that's something you're excited about. And you mentioned something else about, um, imposter syndrome I, I recall many years ago um, my boss said hey this is not specifically called a leadership position but we need it so basically we're going to ask you to work with the legal team and manage all of the collectors and stuff and here you go and he brought like this big stack huge stack of legal documents he said you're welcome and so it comes with eleven thousand dollar pay increase I was like I, I like the eleven thousand dollar pay increase but uh I don't know anything about legal. So I, I was kind of wanting to run home, hide under the bed. and But here's something interesting about when you do level up and it is uncomfortable. It's also really exciting. A year out from there, I had learned so many new skills uh, that was so exciting and made my life so rich and my work life so rich that I'd also put out there to anyone that, you know, don't run from possible opportunities. They could be um, really exciting in your in your career and vocation.
1: Yeah. And it goes back to the definition of confidence, trying new things. That's how you're going to build your confidence, try new things and know that you're going to have some failures along the way. And that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. If you have a failure, rather say to yourself, I mean, let's, let's face facts. Nobody likes to fail. I mean, if I, if I said to those, those you know, anybody listening, um, tell me about a time when you failed and did you enjoy that? They say, no, <laughs> terrible, right? Nobody likes failing. However, it's how you deal with it. Do you beat yourself up? Mm-hmm. Right. And say, um, uh, forget it. I'm giving up. Or do you say that was tough. That was not enjoyable. And what did I learn from that? Mm. What will I do differently next time?
2: Yeah. Absolutely, and and this is one of the questions they ask a lot on job interviews. Uh, what is your weaknesses? What is your strength? And people say, "Well, I'm just too darn perfect." That's my weakness. Now, instead, I think it's good to come at it just like what you said. Explain for them a time you kind of did something not so good. You made a mistake at work, but here's why I learned from that and how I turned it around. Then you take that weakness and you make it into lemonade.
1: Yeah. When I, when I do training, when I facilitate training sessions with a group of leaders, I'll often say to them, okay, everybody put up your hand. If you've never made a mistake before. In business. <laughs> and of course nobody's hand goes up, right? We're human. You are going to make a mistake. It, it has nothing to do with whether you're successful or a failure. It has to do with being human. The success failure part again is how you how you deal with it Mm -hmm. Do you sweep it under the rug do you blame someone else we often see people blame other departments well that's not going to do well for your trust account with your colleagues in a different department if you blame them for your mistakes own it in fact when you own a mistake it's a deposit in your trust account with that person you you increase your trust with them
2: boom you mentioned something so important we've gone to trust i've heard you say several times building the trust account is so important with your team and one thing i recall um I had a boss where it was actually, he owned the company and it was a very small company and he had made a boo-boo that cost the company several hundreds of thousands of dollars. We lost a huge order. And because of that, we didn't get a bonus that year. Now we were Mm -hmm. all used to getting our Christmas bonus. We were so excited, but I had so much respect for him when he got up there at Christmas, after Christmas, get together, lunch, whatever, and said, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. I did this deal. And we did, I did something wrong that caused this order to not go through I take full responsibility, but because of my error, I unfortunately cannot give a bonus this year. And I, it was really, really hard for him. He, I know it felt horrible for him, but I had so much respect and it built my trust account with him to see him come up there and make himself that vulnerable.
1: One of the reasons that is, is because when you're transparent with people, you build trust. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a beautiful story. I love that story about a leader who was dealing with the tough stuff in a way that built trust because he was so transparent.
2: It was a great story. Yeah. Well, we could go on much longer. I know we could, Vanessa, but I don't want anyone to leave without finding how they can uh, find out more about you, uh, get in contact with you. How can they do that?
1: Oh, for sure. So my company is called Mosaic People Development. You can reach me at mosaicpd.com. And what I always tell people to do is if you go onto my blog, I send out a weekly blog of very practical leadership tips. So head to my website and sign up for my blog. And once a week, you're going to get really practical leadership strategies in your inbox.
2: Mm, That's awesome. So if anyone is just getting started or is just about to enter into a leadership role, they're not want to miss getting on your Um, blog so they can find out how they can be the best leader they can and lead their team to their fullest potential thank you so much vanessa for coming to savvy broadcasting today
1: thank you so much
2: looking for a hilarious read well check out my latest book my crazy roommates the names have been changed to protect the deranged step into the wild and unpredictable world of young adulthood in the heart of new york city brace yourself for a roller coaster ride through the trials tribulations, and hilarious moments of shared living spaces with a colorful cast of characters. Fasten your seatbelt and get ready to laugh, cringe, and maybe shed a tear as you delve into the pages of My Crazy Roommates. So get your copy today, available at Amazon.com.